Welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. Welcome everyone back to Warrior Goddess Revolution. It's been a while since I've interviewed someone, so I'm super excited to share my dear friend, Erica Mather. And we have known each other through Force Yoga, Anna Forrest, who's our yoga mentor for a while. And I love, Erica, that I knew about you before I met you. Mm. And, and I remember being in New York and realizing, wait a minute, Erica's in New York. I'm oh. in New York. I can yes. go to a class with her. And I think that was the first time we met was when I went to one of your yoga classes and just completely fell in love. I think so. Yes. Oh, that's so what an endearing story. I I love to know that people know about me before they meet me. And if you knew about me before you met me, that makes me feel very, very special. I did. <laughs> makes me <Yes>. feel special. <laughs> you are special. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and so there's a couple of things that we're going to talk about today, and then we always see where it goes. But one is your journey with yoga and just how that has informed your life and your journey with body. Because one of the things that is so I remember when I took your yoga class and I was really used to like, Anna is an intense teacher and having gone through the training and then work with her for a long time, I was used to this level of intensity. And I remember showing up for your class and being like, the, this, it's the same yoga. It's very familiar, but the edge that I got used to wasn't there. There was a lot of spaciousness. Mm. And I feel like you bring this beautiful combo of inviting people to find their edges and spaciousness mm. that I've also seen in your writing in your book around body image and how to be in relationship with not like there's one way to you do yoga and there's one way to have a yoga body. Mm. But like there's a lot of spaciousness around how you do yoga and everybody could have a yoga body and they all look really different and how to be in right relationship with your yeah. body. So that's a lot of questions. Go. <laughs> what's the question? Oh, <laughs> that was what Anna would say. So what's the question? Can we start again? Okay. Where'd you connect with yoga? Okay. I can do that. Anna. I'll, and I'll just, I'll feed them to you. So that's the first one. Yeah. Where did I connect with yoga in Madison, Wisconsin, quite literally. Madison, Wisconsin is my hometown. And I started doing yoga because I experienced adult onset migraine headaches. And I started having migraines and I was recommended by a person who I think of probably as like a medical oracle of sorts to do yoga. And his prophecy basically sort of went like this. You're really fucked up. If you don't start taking care of yourself, you're going to be dead by the time you're 40. So that got my attention at 26. That got my attention. And so I said, well, well, what do I need to do? And he said, you need to do yoga. You need to lift weights. You need to swim. And 
I had been a, an athlete for many years. So I didn't, I was not interested in the swimming. I already had spent 11 years of my life in competitive sports and lifting weights. I wasn't interested. So I was like, well, what about this yoga thing? You know? And he gave me a little bit more information. He uttered some words that I didn't understand because they were in Sanskrit. And, you know, when you're a beginner, all these yoga words are very weird that you don't know but what people are saying. It's like, what are you saying? <laughs> One of the memes I love on the internet right now is like when someone's mom hears that there's mercury in the Gatorade, you know, it's like, it's like sort of like that, you know, when someone says go do Ashtanga yoga and you've never heard the word Ashtanga before, you're like, what, you know? So it was like that. And so I just went back to my hometown because I visited this person in Milwaukee. I went to see the Oracle in Milwaukee and, uh, and I went back to my hometown and started driving around and picking up little, uh, little like paper schedules at all the studios and then just trying out the yogas. And the first yoga that I tried was Bikram yoga. And it was not for me. It, it's very interesting because in retrospect, the woman who was leading the yoga is everything we would think of in terms of like body positivity. Now she was a larger bodied woman in like a bikini and shorts, just like, you know, spilling out everywhere. She was diabetic and was wearing her, her medical device and it was visible. And, and these are like, kind of like very like forward thinking, like postures for a woman to take. Right. Um, I, I feel like I know folks who use medical devices who still feel a little like embarrassment around having them be visible. So she was, she was actually wonderful, but the Bikram yoga was not for me. Um, we'll just set that, we'll set that aside. Cause I want to focus on the positive point here, which was, which was sort of like my tour through Bikram yoga, Ashtanga yoga, Vinyasa yoga. And then I landed at forest yoga. It was the last method that I tried. And I just felt like I had come home. I just felt like I had come home. It was, I think, as from a beginner's vantage point, I think that forest yoga, it's interesting because, you know, Anna is very um, edgy. She's very edgy. But from a beginner's vantage point, I feel like forest yoga is really great for beginners. There's no Sanskrit or very limited Sanskrit. So you don't have to learn a foreign language while you're trying to like learn to do something new and breathe and connect to your body. There's a lot going on, right? So I think that it's it's nice for beginners because there's no foreign language. It's very instructive. Like very little is left to you to like figure out on your own. Very instructive. And, and I think that built into it is this all bodies, all types welcome here. And she never said it, right? I don't think Anna really said it out loud, but I think that actually that's one of her teachings is that sometimes you actually, it's more important that you don't say a thing out loud, but that you show it in your actions and in your behavior. So I learned at forest yoga 
through these very basic foundational baked in approaches to teaching yoga, a new way to relate to my body, which was about feeling and behaving instead of thinking and talking. And that was the beginning of the yoga journey, specifically with forest yoga, which has been my home practice, my first practice, the practice that I teach in some way, shape, or form, and the practice that I teach other people to teach as well. So there's the story. There is the origin story. The origin story of forest yoga and Erica. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who I'd been dating on and off, I was up in Seattle. He's like, I've been going to this yoga. I think you should come. Okay. And I remember that same feeling of like, oh, this feels like home. Anna was so clear. Mm. And there was so much love in the space and acceptance. And, and just like you said, without her saying anything, there wasn't a posturing around. Sometimes with yoga, there's this, um, there can be like, everything's wonderful. And all you have to do is, and it was so refreshing to just be in this space where the love was there and there was directive clarity, do this. And yeah, that was where my journey started and going through, then making the decision to go through teacher training really for me, because I wanted to be stretched as someone who taught, you know, other things. I I really felt like going through that training was a 30 day, really deep, incredible dive into myself um, and how deep the, the, the teachings are inside of me, even though I rarely teach yoga anymore. I just yeah. get to go to your classes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, when did you do your training? I know that you've told me, but you know, we don't necessarily talk about it that much. And maybe your, maybe your listeners don't know that much about they, your relationship to teaching yoga. They probably know nothing. I went through the training in 2005. Okay. And it was in Santa Monica when she still had the studio down there. So you did it the year before I did it. I, I did it. mine in 2006 in nice. Boston. Excellent. Yeah. The, like, right. Yeah. I feel like the forest yoga circle closed maybe 2007, 2008, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So cool. Yeah. And it is a deep dive. Like one of my students who is a teacher of music and human development, she did the teacher training not with the intent to teach, but I think for that, like, let me study with this master teacher because Anna is a master teacher and she isn't just teaching you to teach yoga. She's teaching you so many other things. It's like yoga is just the object of our concentration <laughs> so that we have a container to do all the other things. And yes, you you could go on and teach yoga if you wanted and be very, very well trained. But I think Anna is more interested in creating whole humans than creating yoga teachers, you know. And so the, the teacher training, I think more than anything, I think of it as sort of like a 30-day group therapy. <laughs> Seriously. It's 30-day yeah. group therapy. 
Yeah. It's We're going in. It's exactly. It does feel. It definitely was. Yeah. And yeah. I love to the other thing I love about Anna and Forest Yoga is that I was also like supporting her in the beginning of creating the circle that of teachers and, and that kind of the first brainstorming around how do we do this? How do we take something that is so based in one human at that time? It was Anna was Anna Forest with forest yoga. That was really it in a way. I mean, there were other teachers, but she was already realizing like, oh, if this is going to go beyond me, then I need to start sharing it and empowering people to step up in a really big way. And she's done such a beautiful job of that. And you have been such a great mentor and model of that, of going through a lot of changes within the forest yoga community. As all communities, there's always upheavals and things that shift. Um, and staying with it and finding your, mm, letting it land in you. Like you don't feel like, and I think this is something that's so great about force yoga as well, is that people don't feel like parrots of Anna. They feel like integrated people that have really taken the teachings in and then are bringing it through their bodies, which is part of, which is so what's so beautiful about forest yoga is that it is so integrated with the emotional piece and the physical piece and the mental piece. So how's that journey been for you of going from being a, a, a student to a teacher and then teaching other teachers? I think it's an evolutionary process for every teacher. And you've, it's interesting to hear you were there as she was having that real, realization. Cause it seems like you've been part of a, a growth process in two lineages, you know, with, um, the Toltec way, you know, and you still are in that and then, you know, have your own thing, you know, and with Anna, I think it's, it's fascinating because folks think of their teachers as knowing how to do things. <laughs> and for the most part, they don't, you know, I mean, I think that every teacher is growing their, their way, their business, like just like a few steps ahead. Just got, you're just a few steps ahead. That's it. You know, um, one of my, uh, one of my business teachers said, you don't need a niche. You need a next step. And I always have thought about that. Like, nope, don't try to figure out what the niche is. Just figure out what the next step is. And that actually has really helped me a lot because it's, I think it's organic and it's intuitive, right? And it's not linear. I think the niche is a, is a very, with no derogatory like connotations, it's like a very masculine concept. And, and as women business owners and men can evolve organically like this too, but just like doing a next step. So I say this all to say, like when I came into forest yoga, like the idea of how the other people were going to shepherd the process through was in evolution. Anna didn't know how. I don't think, I'll be frank, I'm not sure. I still don't think Anna really knows how. And, and, and that's not a dig or a criticism. I think that it is a reality of being involved in an organic system with other people who have organic their own organic processes not unlike any relationship 
I think at the beginning, I was like looking for a path that I could move through that like would grow my business, you know? And, and then I realized like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. Um, oh my, that's going to work. Um, in part because of what you said that forest yoga creates its own people creates its own people. And I I've said, I was kind of smirking as you were talking about it because I've, I've taught my teacher trainees that part of the wonderful thing about forest yoga and part of the kind of like the ghost in the machine about forest yoga is that people become their own people. And then maybe they don't want to teach forest yoga anymore. Maybe they want to like go teach their own thing or, you know, so so it's like, I think that it's great, but it also kind of erodes forest yoga at its foundation in a way. So I have a fear, you know, about what will happen to forest yoga when Anna shuffles off to the next dimension. Um, but I think that for the people who love it as much as we do, that we'll continue to talk about it and talk about her and teach it and, and give attribution where it is, um, where it's due, where it's, uh, owed. And like, even my, uh, my friend Kiki Lovelace, you know, who's off teaching embodied business. I mean, uh, she's always talking about forest yoga and how it's, how it's taught her to do what she does. And so my own process, I think, was a little bit about like thinking my teacher had it all figured out, kind of realizing that she was building that bridge as we were stepping on it. <laughs> and and then realizing like, oh, that's the way this goes. Like, this is organic. This is natural. Um, let me build my own bridge that's adjacent to this bridge. Because um, what I've noticed is I think that I think that folks get angry at their teachers when they think that their teachers owe them something. And that's an interesting dynamic, right? <laughs> How is it that your teacher owes you anything, right? How does it that anybody owes you anything? And so I think part of what's allowed me to surf the waves of forest yoga is a very long time ago. Um, I made a conscious decision to divest myself of believing that forest yoga or Anna owed me anything for being a guardian, for being loyal, for showing up, for teaching the system. Like, no, nobody held a gun to my head and told me to do this. This was my own decisions, my own responsibility. And it's been educational also because as you know, you've probably had your students be angry at you and I've had my students be angry at me. And so it's an interesting sort of like genealogy of like, oh, why are they angry? Oh, I know why they're angry at me because they feel like I owe them something or something, or maybe, maybe I, maybe I, genuinely did something wrong and hurt them, but then I'm going to step up and like make that right. I'm going to make that whole. So this too, I think is very in keeping with what Anna teaches. It's like be fucking responsible for yourself. And 
don't feel like you're entitled to anything because you're entitled to nothing. And that can be a really hard message. She doesn't say those things out loud, but it's kind of built into her vibe and her attitude. And I think that those things have affected me too. You know, when you asked about how this has affected me and my relationship with my body and my own teachings right now in one of my classes that is forest yoga, we're organizing the curriculum around on his book, fierce medicine. So I'm rereading the book and pulling thematic material from it. And it's just like, when I read it, I'm like, Oh my God, look at that lesson. That's right there in that one sentence that I learned from her in class. Like that's amazing. So it's like so much is her teachings are so rich and it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, when, when you say like some people like it's this kind of yoga, but not that kind of yoga, or it's this body, but not that body. And you feel this expansiveness. I also do feel a little offended when people want to dig at forest yoga. I do feel a little offended because I feel like they're just missing the point and missing out on a lot of beauty and depth and riches for the soul. And I shouldn't be offended. <laughs> it's none of my business. It's really none of my business. If someone likes forest yoga, who cares? If someone doesn't like forest yoga, who cares? But I was even thinking about it the other day because one of the one of the anatomical teachings or one of the anatomical cues in forest yoga is tuck tailbone and tuck tailbone just throws the yoga community into uproar an uproar about how that's wrong and how it's you know anatomically incorrect and you know i've spent 20 years with the cue tuck tailbone, you spent 20 years with the cue tuck tailbone, pondering tuck tailbone. Is that, is that, is that the right language? Like, and, and I was thinking about it today. I was thinking like, the thing of it is like, in nowhere inside of me, do I think that I know about more about teaching yoga than on a forest? And it, and I think the thing that offends me when people want to take a crack at it is it's like, are you telling me that you know more about teaching yoga than Anna Forrest does? And that somehow you know more about anatomy than Anna Forrest does? Like, and that you know more about philosophy? And Anna doesn't let on, but Anna is a heavyweight when it comes to philosophy. Yeah, serious. She is a serious heavyweight. Yeah. But she doesn't flaunt it. Mm -hmm. And and so I guess that's why I get offended because I'm just like, oh, your ego. <laughs> oh, you and your ego. Um, but again, it's none of my business. It's none of my business. But back to back to being offended. <laughs> Anna's a mystic. Anna is a miracle worker. She is. Yes. And, and part of what I think when I say, do you really think you know more about this than on a forest is, is I'm like, look deeply into the queue, tuck tailbone. 
and you feel your tailbone, do you even know where it is? Could you access your tailbone? Could you ignite the connections around your tailbone and move it? And the answer is probably no. I had an epiphany recently, a whole realization that she literally meant move your tailbone. Don't not tilt your pelvis. Not tilt your pelvis. It's not the same thing. She literally means move your tailbone. Get all those connections, all those muscles around your asshole and your tailbone, turn them on and move it. She's quite literal. And folks who who dig at this cute tuck tailbone, I, I see them and they're like moving their pelvis and they're moving their low back, but I don't see them accessing their tailbone and moving it. It's very subtle. Probably not visible. So anyway, there's the end of my soapbox rant. Thank you for asking. Thank I you for coming to my TED Talk. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> oh my God, this is so rich. So just to unpack some of what you shared is the realization, I think all of us need to come to this. Your teacher doesn't know everything. Whatever, whoever your mentor, like the places where we put people up on a soapbox and say they must know everything means, and I'll talk to my students about this all the time. It's like, if you put me up on a soapbox, it means you're going to have to tear me down at some point. Just don't bother. Like, can we just skip that part? And there's... <laughs> There's something about just realizing the heartbreak yeah, and the anger like just, and the tragedy. Can we just go move past that? Just, yeah. Just, yeah. And sometimes we can't, and that's fine too. It's all fine. That place of like, it is an evolution. I remember one time I had been away from forest yoga for five or six years and I came back and did a, a course with Anna and she was teaching something. And I'm like, what is she doing? Like she wasn't doing this before. I'd gotten so used to the form. And she had changed the form because she had realized, oh, there's trauma held in a part of the body we've we don't have access to. I think, and she's constantly adjusting and like taking in information. And and so I remember being really upset in a in a way because I'm like, this isn't what I know. Like you've changed things. How can you change things? And then I started laughing at myself, and I was like, right, of course she's changed things because she's evolving. The world is evolving. And the places where we get like, there's, this is the way. And I think sometimes there, there's splits in community. I know I have teachers in my lineage, I'm doing this in quotes, who like thinks I'm doing it wrong because she's mm. teaching it the traditional way of how I used to teach it. Mm. And I'm like, that's great. There's nothing wrong with you teaching it that way, but I've changed mm -hmm. and it's evolved. And there's all these, these choice points. And I think it's really beautiful when people are able to change. And realize, oh, this isn't actually working. Let's change it. Let's adjust it. And that's one of the core teachings that Anna teaches is like, if it isn't working, stop doing it. Like, let's find something that works. And yes. that is such a core teaching. It's very hard to teach people how to teach a lineage, though, when that's a core teaching. <laughs> it is. And I feel like she walks that line really beautifully, actually. Like trying to give people the tools to think critically, to make decisions for themselves about their own bodies while please just teach the cues this way, you know, right? Which, you know, it's, you're trying to codify a system. At some point you have to say like, this is how we do it, you know? And, and that's unfortunate <laughs> in a way. 
but I, I really do think that she's, she walks the line pretty well for, for what she's trying to do. Yeah, I agree. It's, there's enough flexibility in it. And I, I remember having conversations with her around the whole thing of like, how much do we say, this is the way you must teach forest yoga this way. And how much do we just let people do what's right for their bodies? And there, cause there's always, and there's a lot of teachers that I talk to, there's this tension of training when you start training teachers, wanting them to do it the way you're teaching them and wanting them to have freedom to explore. And there's just tension there. And I feel like Anna's done a really good job of not controlling people or trying to control people. And also saying in this, if you're going to teach forest yoga, here's how you teach it. Yeah. If you're not going to teach it this way, don't call it forest yoga, but refer that you learned this is inspired by forest yoga. And that has actually been a foundational piece in my, how I teach as well has been going with Anna through that. How do we do this? And, and having that spaciousness, which is really helpful because it allows it to grow, but it is true. It may, this, and this is always the fear is that when the charismatic leader is gone, will the teachings continue forward in the, the same way? They may, they may not. And I don't think they will. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's my sense of it. Like even there are folks teaching forest yoga products who I don't think the fidelity is terribly high. Yes. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to, Pat myself on the back. I think my fidelity is very high when I'm teaching forest yoga. And when I'm not teaching forest yoga, then I do what I want. But I, I really try to keep those lines really clear out of respect for Anna, but also out of like trying not to confuse people. Because what ends up is you end up confusing the students and the trainees about what is and what isn't forest yoga at a time that they're trying to sort it out. So, you know, yeah, it's tricky. I feel like, I feel like, um, recently they, meaning Anna and Jose have yielded more to the reality that people are teaching their things in other contexts. I think they've yielded that reality and started to celebrate it, which I, I think was the correct <laughs> move much less um, suffering when you do much that. less suffering just like this <laughs> yeah. is what's happening you can't control it it's actually one of my one of my mentors says um the highest compliment is when someone steals steals your shit it's a very high compliment when people take your shit because <laughs> it means it's good it means it works so you know acknowledging when people steal your shit that that's like cool and uh you know i mean you know this like with what we do with writings and online teachings and audio teachings, it's like good luck trying to, once it's out, it's out. It is, yeah. it is actually kind of like completely out of your hands at that point, like art, like art. So yeah, I think they're doing a good job with it. It's tricky. It's tricky. Tricky period. It's true. It's tricky. It's a dance. It really is yep. a dance in that yep. leadership. Yeah. So let's talk about your then evolution to writing your own book and how that came about. 
and yeah, just share about your yummy book. It's so Ooh, good. Thank you. Thank you. My yummy book. Yeah, it is a pretty yummy book. Oh, books. <laughs> their own, their own beings. Babies. They're yes. like children. Yep. Uh, so I um, I am a, a yoga therapist and now I call myself a yoga therapist, but at the time yoga teacher in New York city. And I had had my own personal growth process, but side by side with that, I had a business growth process of how is it that you, a person make a living doing this thing in New York city. And I realized the way that you make a living doing this in New York City is not by teaching group classes. You got to you got to find another way. And basically I would say to any any person looking to make a living teaching yoga, there's two ways to do this. One is through private practice and the other is through generating curriculum that is specific to you and that you administer through some sort of course or training online. That's it. You can, you can try and sell oils or <laughs> vitamins or whatever you want. Good luck with that. But this is it. This is it. Lots of private sessions, personal curriculum. That's it. I, you can send me my bill <laughs> for that business <laughs> exactly. advice. That was huge advice, people. That was huge advice. advice. That was Six yeah. figure advice. You're It'll welcome. Save you so much time. Yeah. Just follow it. Just follow it. You're welcome. So I had a business problem I was trying to solve. And I was thinking about what do I know about that I could turn into a program. And I stumbled into, I had been following someone. Her name is uh, Elizabeth Purvis. She called herself the marketing goddess. I don't know what she calls herself now, but some we had met, I think, at an, at an MLM meeting of some sort because I was still trying to figure this out. Could I make a living with an MLM? No. The answer is no, but you might meet some interesting people along the way. So I think I'd met her at an MLM event, maybe called Market America, I think it was. And so we stayed in touch and she was a tarot card reader. And then she generated a business teaching tarot card readers how to actually make money. And then she just kept going. She kept going. And so I followed her from this. She was sitting next to me at this meeting to her generating her course, to her generating the next course. And she, like you, is very prolific, incredibly prolific. Like there is a divine energy running through her. And so I took one of her courses and, and this sort of helped me start to think about like, what do I know that I could turn into a course? And I landed on two topics and one was like healing body image. And the other was like, just how to help you with back pain. Cause everybody's got some back pain, right? But one of them lends themselves well to an online course, and the other one has some physical component that now would be easier to wrangle because everybody's acclimated to this Zoom thing. But back then, 2013, I want to say, nobody was doing really anything online. online. Yeah. I started doing some things online, and I started teaching yoga classes over the phone. 
And people thought that was bonkers. <laughs> That's great. Cutting edge. Yeah. 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 I was just like, just get on it. Just get on an Insta teleseminar group call. And you know how to do forest yoga. I'll teach a class to uh, the phone. So anyway, yeah, pretty cutting edge. So the beginnings of the book was actually a course. And I took my own journey and turned it into a course. And then the course became the book. And it is, you know, an age old marketing question, which is what's the problem? What's the promise? How are you going to deliver? And the problem, as I saw it, was that people don't like themselves because they don't like the way they look because they don't like their bodies. And, and the promise was, we're going to fix this. And the program is the book. And the book actually is a how-to book. It's not titled a how-to book. So I'll tell that your listeners, the title, it's called Your Body, Your Best Friend and the Confidence Crushing Pursuit of Unrealistic Beauty Standards and Embrace Your True Power. And that title is actually very comprehensive. It's like, make friends with your body, stop plugging into that delusion of the beauty standards, and embrace your true power. And your true power is to be found through embodiment, not through a shiny concept or a fantasy. It's to be found through being yourself in your body in a harmonious way, like nature you know, like nature. The woods aren't fighting with themselves, you know, it's harmony. So that's what the book is about. And I think it's pretty effective. I put, I put a number of people through the program before I actually translated it into a book. I have a a bunch of testimonials and I haven't put anybody through the program itself in quite some time because I, I continued generating other programs. I figured if you want to read the book, you can read the book. If you want to pay me to take you through a year of the book in, in the form of the program, I will, but you could read the book, (laughs) but we can do these other things because what I discovered is that this problem of self-hatred as it pertains to the body or how you look or how your face looks um, has so many little trap doors, so many points of entry, so many ways of thinking about it that I wanted to tackle as many of those as possible. And that is basically the story. Mm, it's so good. And it's such, everyone, if you, which is most of us, if you have a challenging relationship with your body. I really highly recommend getting Erica's book and I'll share it in the show notes, Your Body, Your Best Friend. And it is, it's a very loving, hold, let Erica hold your hand and walk you into a new relationship with your body. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful invitation. And thank you. Something that I've, I always appreciate about you is your, clarity Mm. and your compassion oh thank you oh that's so sweet thank you 
It's true. It's a, you know, it's such a, it's such a fraught topic. It really worked as I was writing the book to make it inviting because no, because very few people want to really open this door and take a deep look inside of the closet. You know, maybe closet isn't the metaphor I should use. Nobody wants to look in the basement, you know, okay, or the attic, whatever. It's like by the time a person actually buys that book and wants to read that book, I have assumed that they are in a tremendous amount of pain and that they also are mustering a lot of courage. And I felt that those those things should be acknowledged and rewarded, right? It's so tender and so fraught that I I didn't want anybody to feel like the book was abrasive because the topic already is so abrasive and just like a raw wound. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for saying that. You know, I feel like mission accomplished. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so how can people work with you now? So I know you're now teaching yoga classes online. Yeah, I teach a few live streams every week. But, or and, let's say and, if if you're interested in that, um, it's inconveniently not posted anywhere. <laughs> so you'll have to like ask me directly or just hope that I update my website sometime. But, you know, if you're if you're a solopreneur or even if you have a team of a few people, you know, like keeping the schedule on the website is such a pain in the ass and so backburnered all the time. But if you want to know about things, you could reach out to me directly with an email or a DM or hop on my mailing list at my website, which is functional, by the way. You can hop on my mailing list at my website, which is www.ericamather.com. Super easy. And some of the things I'm excited about right now is actually uh, a kind of tight container for body image coaching called Busy Lady or Fella Body Image RX. So for folks who are like, I'm in a bit of a crisis. I don't know who to talk to about this. I just need a little handholding for like a couple weeks to help me through this. I'm your girl. Mm. And, and it's actually really fun. And basically what I do is I'm just like, there's no curriculum. You got some of my time. You got me on text and uh, I'm there. So when you're like, I feel like I'm falling apart. I'm like, oh yes, honey. I, me too. <laughs> like, gotcha. Me too. <gasps> Let's talk about it. So um, yeah, I, and I, I'm excited about this because I feel like there aren't a lot of people you can talk to about your body image challenges. And if if you do talk to someone, they're usually not well, very well equipped to handle the breadth or the depth of the topics that come up. Because if you just, if you just start to catalog the topics that are, that are like lodged on your body, it's like identity, sexuality, aging, attractiveness, effectiveness at work, 
um, spirituality is in there too. So anyway, it's like a very, it's like a lot. It's a lot. So I'm excited about that. It's a small, it's a short amount of time. It's a shot in the arm. And I think it's pretty effective. And what I've found is that most people these days, like a course is kind of a nice idea for this, but it'd be, it's easier just to like talk to someone about it in the nooks and crannies of their day at the moments that it's actually bothering you that you can text me and be like, my pants feel tight. And sometimes it's just nice to have someone to tell that to. So that's kind of what I'm excited about now. Beautiful. That is so helpful because I agree that, you know, so often when we're navigating something like body image, which is connected to everything, 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 that it's, it may not be helpful to take a four week course that's at the schedule of somebody else. But I love that idea that you've created a container where people can really have access when they're, when it's most critical, when they really need it. Yeah. And, and they need it now. To a lot of times people, people, they need it now. Yeah. And the thing of now is very, very rarely are our wounds tended to in the moment that the wounds need tending. So I think part of the power of this is like knowing that the wound could be tended to now, not at some more convenient moment for the rest of the world. <laughs> and th that there's healing just in that, that someone's there to say like, yeah, I know what that feels like to have my, your pants feel a little too tight. Ugh. Yeah. And to be able to hold that sacred container of, I see you, I'm with you. Oh. And un unweaving the, the places that we have tied together, identity, worth. Oh. Lovability. Lovability. Oh my gosh. Yes. Is that a word? Lovability? Did I just make that up? It's lovableness. <laughs> Lovable. Yeah. <laughs> Lovability. I think it's a word. It is now. Yeah. yeah, it is now. We made it. We made it. We made well, it. Thank you so much, Erica. And I will, again, if anybody wants more contact with Erica, we'll, uh, in the show notes will be info of how to connect with her. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also put the name of the book. Thank and then any last me. thoughts, any last shares as we close? No, just, I, I want to appreciate you, Heather Ash, you know, for all the work that you do, um, helping people embody. I just really appreciate you. Um, I was thinking about, you know, just how precious it is to have people even just a few steps away ahead of us building the bridge so grateful, you know, for the work that you're doing in the world and, and all of the leadership and healing that you're doing for people. It's a, it's, you know, we're, we are not always surrounded by peers and peers. And I think of you as my teacher. So I just want to be very clear. Like I'm not, I'm not saying we are necessarily peers, but I think that you are my teacher and it's just really great to know that there's someone else out there holding up a candle. So when you feel like it's very dark that you can like look around and there's someone else holding up a candle. So thanks for holding up a candle. 
Mm, you're so welcome. And thank you. I really feel that about you as well, that you've been a teacher and a mentor to me and mm. a friend and a safe landing place. And yes. Cosmic hug. Yes. Cosmic hug. Oh, and I hope to see you in New York next week when I'm there. Hey, I hope so. Thanks for having me on the show, Heather Ash. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a fellow warrior goddess. If you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today, we want to know about it. You can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.